Hi there, and welcome to the Ones to Watch podcast. Here we discuss exciting technology companies with their founders and CEOs leading their industries, going deep on strategy, success, and their plans for future industry disruption and domination. I'm Paul Quattrocasas, founder and CEO of Aqua Partners and creator of the Ones to Watch podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share with you how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that, let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Ones to Watch by Aqua Partners. Of course, I am your host, Rye Russell, and I'm always so excited for the entrepreneurs that are on a mission to help share love with the world. And our next guest is absolutely one of those innovative entrepreneurs. And so, Rick, thank you so much for joining The Ones to Watch. Thanks. It's great to be here. It is such an honor to speak with you. And as I was telling you, Rick, I have such a passion and such a spot in my heart uh, for agriculture. It is uh, the foundation of uh, of just about everything. And so anybody that is supporting farmers and innovating uh, is, is definitely on the right path as far as we're concerned. There's just so much opportunity there. And so I would love to learn how you really got passionate about agriculture and farming. Sure. So the company uh, Freight Farms uh, invented the category of container farming in 2012. And um, in September of uh, 2019, the co-founders, John Friedman and and Brad McNamara, approached me about joining Freight Farms because my background is really a number of different industries, but it's really about scaling businesses. And I've had just a growing interest in sustainability, partly fueled by two uh, extraordinarily um, socially and sustainably conscious daughters who, who um, throughout my career have said, hey, dad, it's, it's great that uh, you've, you've made money and you've checked a lot of business marks. When are you going to help save the planet? So when they approached me and I started to really study the business, the more um, the more I saw, the more I read, the more I learned, the more I liked it. Um, I come from a farming family. Um, My dad was a farmer. My grandparents were farmers. So um, the intersection of, I guess, coming full circle to my roots and um, more importantly, just being at a stage in my life where doing things that uh, support a mission are a lot more meaningful than just, um, I guess, checking the typical capitalist check marks. Um, It's the right place at the right time. And I'm loving it. So when you, I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, you saw the opportunities to really make an impact in sustainability, and clearly you had some influence around you to to really help you, you know, dive into this. I'm wondering what what led you down the path to freight farms. You know, was that like just an aha moment, or were you doing research and kind of looking at different ways that you could make an impact, and then discovered this opportunity? Yeah, I I would say it was a combination of both in that um, I was naturally at the point in my life where I was looking at at ways to have a better impact. And, you know, my prior job was as um, CEO of Wahlburgers, which um, obviously the burger business and issues with cows and the environment, it's not the most environmentally friendly thing. So I really pushed us into using impossible foods and moving more into plant-based products. 
um, because of the lower environmental impact and, and other benefits. And that just really led me down a path of how do I get more connected to, to something that's mission driven and again about creating a better world for our children. And then um, Brad and John just sort of out of the blue reached out on this particular opportunity and, you know, call it karma, <laughs> call it what you will, but it was just um, the perfect intersection at the perfect time. And then I would say really between September when they uh, contacted me in March, uh, which is when I joined March of 2020, we just spent a lot of time working together on the fundamentals of the business and um, how we would drive the business, both as a business, but also um, the mission of being more sustainable, helping food security, et cetera. And I would say the blueprint, you know, we put together over those months just uh, was a very exciting blueprint. So um, I took the plunge and really glad I did. Well, we are really glad you did too, Rick. I'm curious if for the audience that's tuning in, if they have not had a chance to go to your website yet or to follow you and connect with you, can you help describe what the this system and this platform looks like and how it can be utilized? Sure. Um, so in its simplest terms, we create farms out of storage containers and they're powered by LED lights, and it's a vertical farming system. So instead of planting horizontally like a typical farm would, we actually plant vertically, which allows you to have much denser planting. So you actually plant into towers that run through the farm. So the benefit of that is um, uh, there are several benefits. One is because it's so compact, it allows us to grow essentially the equivalent of three acres of crops in an eight by 40 foot storage container. Uh, the other advantage is it's a very controlled environment, which allows us to recirculate humidity in the farms and it's very water efficient. It's about 99% more efficient than traditional agriculture. So um, uh, in fact, many of the farms, including our Boston research farm are actually water positive. Um, because we recapture more humidity than is actually drawn from uh, external water hookup or whatever folks are using. And then, um, you know, we obviously don't rely on climate. So in extreme um, climate conditions or where there's water scarcity or a number of other things, you can grow 365 days a year from minus 40 degrees to 120 degrees, um, which is really good for obviously food security. Um, and then it's a pretty portable solution and you can drop it right adjacent to where you need food. So it dramatically cuts down on transportation models and it reduces a lot of the dependence on a long supply chain, which during COVID, um, obviously that became a huge issue where even though nationally we were able to produce plenty of food, we had uh, huge issues getting that food to where it was needed just because of disruptions in the supply chain. So it offers um, a number of advantages. And then, you know, one of the last advantages is for people who are looking to be entrepreneurs, our, our largest market is small business farmers. So it allows somebody who it doesn't require an agricultural background, but just decides they want to do something different with their life. They would like to create a business and they'd like to create um, you know, contribute to this mission of a more sustainable planet um, in uh, three days of training and some assistance 
for eight weeks to get them to their first successful grow. Um, we can turn anybody with discipline into a, into a farmer. So even a simpleton like me, Rick, you can turn me into a farmer. If you can follow directions and if you um, are consistent and you'll make sure that you'll follow through on, on the instructions, yeah, you can be a farmer. So what I would say is anybody who is able to assemble a bike <laughs> based on getting a kit of parts and following instructions, they could run one of our farms. That, that seems like such a, a personal attack, Rick, since I tried to help my sister put together a, a bike from an internet retailer and it did not go well uh, over the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually shouldn't have used that example either because I'm, I'm not the best at, at building the bikes either. But I totally understand what you're saying and appreciate it. One of the things that I really see as a potential opportunity, you were mentioning Boston. I feel like this would be such an amazing application for urban centers where maybe there, there isn't a community garden per se, or there is not a lot of um, regional access to, to fresh foods. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, that was the core of how the company was was started um, with with John and Brad both seeing that there was food insecurity in Boston and they initially started looking at rooftop gardens to solve that problem and realized pretty quickly that wasn't very efficient and so John had the aha moment I think of why don't we try this crazy idea of building farms inside storage containers um, but uh, you know, a, a good example of uh, in an urban setting, how it, it solves for a lot of issues. Um, there's a local community, Mattapan, which um, has a level of distress in Boston and had an old Boston hospital development on it. And um, in conjunction with the state and a large development group, um, that entire Boston hospital area is being converted into a community center. And that particular community has a history of community farming. And so um, everybody agreed it'd really be cool to put that community farming on steroids. So a centerpiece of that development is actually the Freight Farms Pavilion, which will feature five freight farms that the community can use to farm, help supply fresh produce to the community, provide a level of engagement for students, which is one of the things they really liked, that it would help introduce um, uh, some of the young people in the community to agriculture and technology. So, so um, I think a lot of benefits, food security at the top of the list, but community engagement and uh, a peak at leading edge technology, et cetera. A lot of other ancillary benefits come with it. And another thing that just kind of hit me while you were talking, Rick, is and obviously in Boston, you know, being here in Maine, you know, I know there's not a lot of space. Boston is very much one of those kind of urban metro areas that I was referring to in terms of this. But when I think of, for example, New Hampshire or here in Maine, there's a lot of restaurants that also own their real estate, which is, you know, much more uh, rare, you know, or much more common than you would find in those metro settings. And so I'm curious uh, if you have any use cases, and if not, maybe we're inspiring a restaurant tour right now. But one thing that would seem just incredibly impactful to a business is we talk about farm to table so often that if you are one of these restaurants 
restaurant tours and you do have uh, and you do own much of that real estate and you have the space, I mean, you could have the the farm to table literally be from, you know, out back to indoors. Um, absolutely. So a, a couple of things on that for our small business farmers, uh, restaurants are one of their um, primary primary customers um, to begin with. And, and part of that is because it's not only fresh, but you have an ability to customize for certain characteristics because it's a controlled environment. But to your specific point, yes, we have a couple of of folks who bought farms who who I would say sort of do it hybrid. Our farms have way more capacity than you need to supply an individual restaurant, but we have restaurateurs who use it both to supply their own restaurants and to use it as an independent business. And I would say down the road, um, not too far down the road, we are um, looking at developments that would create much more of a restaurant-specific model. So more to more to come on that, but but absolutely, restaurants are um, just prime for what we do because again, not only of the freshness, but the ability to customize and give that chef exactly the characteristics that he or she is looking for. And another thing that I'm finding that the more that I learn about agriculture and the more that I see IoT and just the internet of things really become integrated you know with agriculture and farming processes when i was you know reviewing your farming solutions i noticed it seemed like there was a lot of technology there that really helped with monitoring the the environment of the space and i'm just curious if uh, you could you could educate us a little bit more about uh, how those systems work and what type of data you're you're reading and what type of adjustments we can make sure so um great question love that question because one one of um one of our key advantages and, and for our lead investors, one of the big um, reasons they invested is today we have the largest IoT connected network of farms in the world. We're in 45 states, we're in 32 countries. And the advantage of that is we have hundreds of endpoints, all of which we can collect data, which helps us customize recipes. So we're collecting data on um, nutrients, on airflow, on temperature, on CO2 levels, um, basically all of the parameters that affect growth, as well as um, the crop configuration inside the farm itself. Is it a single crop configuration? Is it a multi-crop configuration? Leafy greens, whatever it is. So, um, you know, the great news is we're able to collect all of that data that, that helps feed that optimizing and customizing recipes that we can share across the network. And our current development, the farm we're releasing now has completely upgraded cameras and machine learning capability, which will allow us to capture a lot more discrete data around crop health and um, variables that impact crop health, grow rates, yield, et cetera. So um, that's definitely one of, one of the Keys for us, and we're not just a farming company, but we really are a data company and that IoT connectivity and the fact that we power the solution through through our software platform, Farmhand, which sets the stage for A, being able to set um, the conditions in the farm precisely according to whatever recipe you want to dial in. And then again, have precise monitoring around that recipe to actually track the results that come from that program setting 
and adjusting variables in the farm. That's amazing. All of that data is obviously going to be so impactful and, and even more over time, collecting those data points and helping people become more efficient. And you were talking about the monitoring of these systems. I was curious, when you when you look at that, are you able to, like, for example, let's say I had uh, a freight farm in my backyard and I'm here speaking with you. Would is there technology where it will, you know, maybe something all of a sudden, you know, maybe heat went down and you know it's snowing right now. Like, will it be able to like send me an alert so I will know to be able to that there's something that I need to adjust? Yeah, absolutely. So that's um one of the key benefits of farmhand. It's you know, clearly today, all, all of these solutions wind up being mobile solutions. So from anywhere in the world, you can um, monitor and adjust settings in the farm via the farmhand solution. So if you're in Dubai and your farm's in Maine, um, you could go ahead and monitor on a continuous basis using that farmhand solution. And yes, you get alerts when anything is out of a preset parameter that tells you you need to take action. And again, if you, it also allows you to take that action via the farmhand platform. That's incredible. So Rick, if I'm an entrepreneur or a restaurateur and I tuned in to us today and I said, wow, I need to get into freight farming. What is the best way to connect with you and to learn more about freight farms? Well, we're on we're on every social platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. But but definitely the place to start, I would recommend is freightfarms.com because that um, contains a wealth of information on farmer case studies, the technology um, behind the farm, um, different variables uh, affecting performance, all sorts of access to webinars to dive deeper, as well as just um, videos with virtual tours of, of the farm. And it also includes access to all of our social media handles. So I would definitely say um, if, if somebody after this has a hint of interest, um, devote 10 minutes to just um, hunting and pecking on freightfarms.com. And um, I think that'll be enough to whet your appetite to to keep going after you hit the 10 minute mark. Thank you so much, Rick. And thank you so much for making the time to hang out with me today. No, thank you. And hopefully both of us can work on our bike building skills afterwards. <laughs> yes, very true. And thank all of you for joining us here on The Ones to Watch by Aqua Partners. Be sure to check out our show notes. We will include all of the links to connect with Freight Farms and Rick in the future. So if you're getting that itch and you know that you want to get into farming in sustainable agriculture, you're a restaurateur, or you just want to help support your community with fresh produce, you now have a connection and one to watch. And we will see you on the next episode. For listening to the ones to watch podcast if you're interested in sharing your company's story and joining us as a guest on the show please visit www.aquapartners.com slash podcast slash apply if you liked what you heard please also visit me and my firm aqua partners on linkedin and connect we're always keen to expand our networks and engage with like-minded individuals also please subscribe to our show on apple podcast google podcast 
Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Paul Quatracasas. Thanks for listening to the Ones to Watch podcast. Thank you.